Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the life and Torah of our leaders. Tuesday mornings live for Sedebis Medrash, <clears throat> 11.30 a.m. Special welcome to our Torah anytime viewers and listeners who are Bez Hashem be joining us for the shir. Um, two weeks ago, when I gave the shir on Rabbi Yisav Nechemia Kornitzer, it was the Fuah Shalema for my father-in-law, and uh, unfortunately he was Nifter, that's why I was missed last week's shir. So today I'd like to dedicate the shir Li'ili Nishmasai, Harav Doiv Tzvi, Ben Harav Chaim, Zichrayin Levracha, Rav Doiv Kreisworth, the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Teres Chaim in Yerushalayim, Zichrayin Levracha. The truth is that my shver enjoyed these shiurim very much. He would listen to them. He would call me, why didn't you send me the link yet? And he would correct all the different cities that I pronounced incorrectly. He had an unbelievable memory, not only in learning, but for places, for for abanim, for for personalities, for stories, and uh, he, he knew it all. And um, eventually, I would actually check with him before I started the shear if I'm pronouncing the different places correctly. <clears throat> and um, so that's why this shear should be lilu nishmasai. Um, it's something that uh, he appreciated very much. So today we're going to talk about the Noida Yehuda, Rabbi Cheskel Segal Landau, Zechreinu Levracha, whose 228th yard site will be on Thursday, Yud Zayin Iyar. <clears throat> I was able to be at the Noida Yehuda's Kever in Prague a few years ago. Last year during COVID, on his yard site, I arranged a live stream Yoim Tzfila, based on 18 Kapitlach of Tehillim that the Noida Yehuda lists for one to say for a chayla. And we had, I had my people in Prague um, putting Kvitlach at the Kever, lighting candles there. There were speakers set up in the Beis Eilam in Prague. And myself and Rav Moshe Tavili from New York were on Zoom. And we said the Tehillim, and it was an unbelievable Maimed. And um, I had used in my preparation a sefer that I found on the Yitzhar Chachma called Tzioin HaMitzuyanes about the Noida Yehuda. Eventually I made a correspondence with the one who wrote it, an Einikol, Mr. Weiss, an Einikol of the Noida Yehuda, who actually was responsible for the restoration of the Matzevas of the Noida Yehuda and his family, um, for the 200th yard site in 1993, and he actually then sent me an inscribed safer, and I appreciate uh, it very much. And uh, that's where most of the uh, information for today's shir is coming from. So the Naidi Behuda was born <clears throat> in the Yudches Cheshvan in the year Das, Tof Ayin Dalid, 1713, in the city of Apta in Poland, Galicia. His father was Rabbi Huda Halevi, who was one of the leaders of the city, and he was actually someone who was also one of the appointees of the Vad Arba Haratzus, which we've talked about numerous times. And in the preface to the Naid Huda, the Naid Huda writes about his father. He was, <coughs> excuse me, Adoni Avi Arav, Moid God of Arav. He was very great. He had Torah. And, and wealth and, and greatness, prominence together, 
Etzloi nitzman do yachad, these two things, they were connected to each other. Vakalu toivasei hutzrechu, many people needed him for different toivas. Ushma yatsa b'medinais, and his name went out in the countries. He was a very famous personality at the time. His mother's name was Chaya, and the Nazibuda writes, Bas, my grandfather, Harav HaGoyin Kaddish V'Chassid, Shekol Yom of Betainis. He lived, he, he was always, all his days, he was fasting, and he learned Torah day and night. That was his grandfather, his mother was Chaya, the daughter of Rabbi Lazar of Dubna. Both his father and mother were grandchildren of the Rebbe Rabheshel of Krakow. He's also Miyuchis back to Rashi in the Chuvas Naida Bihuda Tinyana in the second volume Yaradeya Khafalif, he writes, Yan Shani Migeza Rashi, since I'm a descendant of Rashi, Yogati Liyashev Divre Rashi Al Nachain, I have toiled to answer up and to uh, to explain Rashi's words properly. He was a wonder child and about his own youth he writes in the Akdama and the Akdama of Naidibhudas write in a written in a poetic way, so that's why there's like sometimes repetition of how he says it. So he writes, My father Gidlani Bataira, <coughs> he brought me up to learn Taira. And he writes, He didn't let me out to play in the gardens and the pavilions. And <coughs> and he also brought me a private Rebbe. That's my Rebbe. He calls him Acharif, the sharp one. Rebbe Isaac Segel from Lodmer. He says, I learned with this private Rebbe from my age of 11 until the age of 13. He also had a connection to the Rav of the city, whose name was Ramosha Yaakov, the Rav of Apta. And in his Sefer Tzlach, as we'll talk about later, stands for Tzion Lenefesh Chaya, Amasech Psachim, he writes over there, and Daf Ayinamad Beis, he says, this question, is a Taisvis over there, he says, this question I've had for many years. And he says, I don't remember if I myself asked the question, or if I heard it from the Rav of our city, Ramosha Yaakov of Apta, when I was very young. And he says, later on, when I came to the city, I became Rav in Yampala, as we'll see in, in a few minutes. He says, I found an answer to the question. And then he continues, and later on he writes, and now that I'm trying to organize my Sefer to print it, he says, I remember now a story. He says, when the Ramosha Yaakov became the Rav of Apta, and he came the first time to the city after Sukkot, he came on an Erev Shabbos, and all the leaders of the city went to be Makabal upon him. And he says it got a little closer to Shabbos and they all left. And I was a young boy. And my father told me now's the time for you to go to the Rav because probably there's nobody there at this time. And I went to the Rav, he writes, and I talked to him in learning and we went from Inyan to Inyan until we reached this sugya that I'm talking about. And we talked about the sugya. And then he says it came time for Kabbalah Shabbos and I had to go back home. And when I got back home, he writes that I had charata, and I told my father, I said, oh, <coughs> excuse me, I should have answered the Rav the following, I should have answered his last question. And my father told me that, the words that you told the Rav are good, and they're, and they're correct. So that's a story how he talked in learning as a young child in many sugyas with the Rav of Apta. In the year 1732, Tav Tzadi he was 18 years old, he married his wife. His wife's name was Liba. 
She was the daughter of a very wealthy man named Reb Yaakov, or Reb Yaakovka, as like a term of endearment for Yaakov, from the city of Dubna. Dubna is in the Ukraine. And he went to live with his father-in-law after he got married. (coughs) After a short time, his father-in-law left Dubna and went to the city of Brod, or Brody, depends how, in which language it is, which is also in the Ukraine, not far from Dubna. They're all in the general, few hours of each other, near Lemberg, near Lvov. And uh, the Night of Yehuda, Rabbi Chetzko, went along with his father-in-law, and uh, he uh, started learning in the famous Klois of Brod, very famous Klois there. We talked about what a Klois is a different time, little type of self-sufficient uh, base medrash, and, uh, or people would support it, actually. And the many gedolim came out of that, that kloiz. Um, in the Hakdama tonight, Debiudi writes, When I left my father, when I came, left my father's house and I came to Brod, I became friends with a lot of people there. And he says, For the six days of the week, all we did a whole day with all of our koiches is to learn Yam HaTalmud Uvapaiskin. And he writes about his wife, Aisha Aymadi, my wife, who was an azer, was a help for Lekinagdi. She wasn't opposite me. She, her schus is that she sat alone in the house all week, and I was in the base Medrash all week. He only came home for Shabbos. And he highlights that schus that his wife had, that she stayed at home and supported him. Maybe she brought him food, but she stayed at home a whole week while he sat and learned for the six days in the in the Klois together with his Chaverim. <coughs> When he was 20 years old in the city of Brod, they appointed him as the Av Bezdin of one of the four Bataidinim. There were four courts there, and he was appointed, I think it sounds like from the, the most prominent of the Bataidin, he was the Av Bezdin, all of 20 years old. And his son writes that he was a Dayan there, and he didn't take any payment for being a Dayan. Not any salary, and not even Schar Batala. Meaning, really, a person is not allowed to take payment for judging Dine Taira. However, you're allowed to give him Schar Batala, which means that the person, while he's doing the Dine Taira, is not able to work and make any money. So he's bottle. He's unemployed because of it. So you're allowed to pay him Schar Batala, but you're not paying for the actual Dayanus. But he didn't take anything. And in fact, this minug of not taking payment for services as a Rav is something that he did his entire life. And there's a tshuva in Madura Tinyan Avanezer Kufnun Hay, where someone asked him, does he take money for performing a chalitza? And he writes, Chas v'shalom, it never was and never will be. And he explains, now a chalitza is done by a bezdin of three people, plus every chalitza also has two additional dayanim, part of the bezdin. So there's always five dayanim on a so he writes that even the two people that are part of the main Bezdin with me, I don't give them, give them any permission to take even a penny. He said the two extra Dayanim, numbers four and five, he says, I don't protest if they take any money. And he says at times what they do is they take the money and then they pass on a little bit, a little bit of it to the other two Dayanim that are with me, Dayanim two and three. He says, He says, I don't, I don't, I overlook it. He says, but me, myself, 
I won't take a penny. Not in the beginning, not in the end, not coming through the two extra dayanim. I don't take a penny. So this was his minig already from when he was young and broad and continue on throughout his life. At the age of 20, he started being Marbit's Torah to Talmidim. And in Akdamat and Yehuda, he says that anything that he did was all because of covet for his father. He says, because my father was such a prominent person, so they raised me up, and they, they made me like a Rosh Hashiva, and people came to learn with me. Um, <clears throat> he writes, even though I was young, like one of the teachers, they came to learn from me. And he writes that they even sent me Shilas from all different Kehilois. And again, he writes, it wasn't my schos, it was my father's schos. And he says, by the age of 24, I was already answering Shilas to many different Rabbonim of Kehilois. And in fact, to understand, like, he was a young person at 24, he was already answering very Chamer Shilas. There's a tshuva in Madura Kama, Ebenezer Chavches, a long tshuva about an Aguna, that he writes to the Rav of a place called Ostrovsa. And um, this is in the year Tav Kuf when he was 26. And he's writing such a, a long tshuva about a very serious matter. And they're taking him very seriously, um, even though he was such a young Rav. <clears throat> he had high regard for the people of Brod. Um, he had high regards for the people of Brod. Because in a tshuva, I'm sorry, in a drasha that he gave in Prague, where he was urging people to give tztaka, he writes that the tztaka in broad ain't l'saper. He says, you can't even talk about how unbelievable it was. It's simple to me that all of the hatzlacha, the success that the city of broad had, was because of the tztaka that they gave to Aniim. So he highlighted many years later the tztaka and the chesed that was going on in the city of, in the city of broad. In the year 1745, Tov Kuf he was 30 years old. <clears throat> Barach, 30, 31. He was called to a city called Yampala in the, in the um, region of Valin. We've talked about this region before, of Valin. It's what would be now southeast Poland, southwest Belarus, western Ukraine, that area. So Yampala is in that area, and he became the Rav there. And again, he writes, or I'm sorry, his son writes about him, Elov Yasvu Tamidim Hagunim, many Tamidim came to learn by him. He says, and not only that, many places looked to the Naida Yehuda to help them make Takanas in their cities and uh, to make different Gedarim and rules in their cities. Many people reached out to him as he became more and more famous. And he was in Yampala for 10 years. He was 10 years there. And towards the end of his time in Yampala, there was a big fire in the city. And in a tshuva, Madura Kama, Evan Ezra, Lamed Vav, he writes, It's been some time now that there was a fire in the city. And he says, The svarim that I saved from the fire, I've already sent them from here. And as we'll see in a moment, at this point, I think he had sent his svarim, it sounds like he sent them already to Prague to his next Rabbanus. He says, um, so he Pasha doesn't have any svarim. He says, This was a shail about an aguna. 
He says, how am I going to answer on such a serious thing without Svarim? Afilu Sefer Turim Beis Yosef and Anabiyazi. I don't even have a tour with Beis Yosef um, with me. But then he writes an interesting thing. He says, but Lamaisa, since Dar Deya Ani, Lamaisa, at this point, there's not a lot of people who could pass in these type of Shilas. I'm going to try. Maybe I can find a solution. He does write that another two Rabbanim have to agree with him. But it's an unbelievable thing that he went to be Matu the Saguna without any Svarim in front of him, without any tour, Beisayis of nothing, and he went to try to find the Heter for this Saguna. His son writes he had not yet hit the age of 40 in the year Tav Kuf Yudalid, which his son calls it Shnas Chukas Hatayra. Kukas is 514, so that's Tovkuf Yodalid, 514. He became the Rav of Prague. That's when they sent him the Ksav Rabonis and Kislev. Uvereshish Nas Shira, in the beginning of the year of Shira, which is the next year, Tovkuf Tezvav, he, his son writes, Nasa Le Prague, he left to Prague. Now it's interesting, the Tshuva we just mentioned before about the fire with the Aguna, where he says he doesn't have Svarim, is actually dated Vav Menachemov Tov Kuf Tesvav, which is almost a year later. Um, so it seems that even though he's, he left to Prague in the beginning of the year of Tov Kuf Tesvav, and it would sound like his family had already left as well, um, he must have come back to Yamapala for something, and that's when he wrote the Tshuva and, um, about that Aguna. And in fact, at the end of the Tshuva, he writes, I'm in a rush because in a few days... I am leaving. I'm leaving this city. So it sounds like even though he had been in Prague for a little bit, however, he had gone back to Yamapala, and that's where he um, he had written that tshuva where he talked about the fire with his svarim. Now Prague had not had a rav for many years, from the year Tuft Sadi Zion. So again, we're in Tuft Tesvav. This is close to 18 years since the Petira of Rav David Oppenheim, the rav of Prague. Prague did not have a rav. And during those years, they had a lot of trouble in Prague. There was a lot of there were there was a lot of uh, wars and killing going on. And in the year Tuf Kuf Hay, they actually had been expelled from the city of Prague. And now, with their new rav, the the Naide Bihuda, they were going to try to bring the city back to its glory. So he came to Prague, and again he made a yeshiva there, like he made a yeshiva in every city that he was. And his son writes again, Elov Yasu Adorim, throngs came to him, Alofim Talmidim, thousands of Talmidim. And his son writes that from when he was 20 years old until he was 80 years old, like Pascha Yeshiva. So that's already from his days in Broad, throughout his lifetime in Prague, he always had a Yeshiva. <clears throat> his derech in his Yeshiva was that he gave four Shiurim a day to different groups of Talmidim. One of his Talmidim, the author of the Sefer Tshuva Miava, Reb Lazar Fleckless, who's also buried in the same cemetery as the Night of Yehuda in Prague, um, he writes that he had four, four shiurim a day, <coughs> two in Gemara, different mesechtas with different groups, and two in two different places in Shulchan Aruch with another two groups. The Night of Yehuda in his Tshuvas mentions <coughs> how he was very busy with Talmidim all the time, for example, in Madura Kama, Yeridei Lamed Ches, he writes that I have a set time to learn in the morning, Shiurim with the Talmidim, and after in the afternoon is when I sit in the Bezdin, in a different tshuva there in Simon uh, Zion, I think it is, he writes that on Arab Shabbos, I'm busy learning Rashi with the Talmidim. In Arachayim, 
Simon Samach, he writes to Revolf Boscovitz. If you remember, that's the son of the Machsis HaShekel. He writes he doesn't have time to write to him because our way is we start the Zman immediately after Yontif. Immediately after Yontif, Shalei Levatal, Tamidim Klal. So Tamidim so shouldn't have free time to waste their time. So we start the Zman immediately after Yontif. And throughout the Chuvas also, there are many Chuvas where he shows his Chiba, his love, and his endearment to different uh, Talmidim. <clears throat> Some of his Talmidim, the famous ones, is, like we said, Rabbi Lazar Flecklis, the Baal Tshuva Meyava, Rabbi Tzalo Ranchberg, who's also buried right near the, uh, the, um, the, the Naida of On the side of your Gemara, there's the Hagois from Rabbi Tzalo Ranchberg. He has a Sefer on Anida, Peschei Nida, or Chachmas Petzalel, on Horiyas, Hayregever. The Chayadam was a Talmud of his, and many other big Talmidim, big big Rabbanim were Talmidim of his. Um, he's, in his uh, Ksav Rabbanis, it says that he speaks twice a year, Shabbos Shuvah and Shabbos Hagadol. And in his Drushas, which are in, from Prague, which are in the Sefer, Ava Siyoin of his, or there's also a Sefer called Drushe Hatzlach. Um, so he would talk about things that needed to be to, to be uh, rectified. And he would say in one tshuva, he re, in one drash he says, Le'a Many darshanim he say, they all say shtiklach and pilpulim and things like that. But I'm here to tell you the ikar is to change and to do things. And in one point he talks about people don't listen to him. And um, he says that every year I give musr and uh, no one accepts it. And the more that I give musr, the more problems uh, crop up and more pirzas that need to be fixed happen. And he says, I'm not doing this for my covet chas v'shalom, I'm doing it for covet shamayim. This is a drasha and drusha atzlach, drush ches, for Shabbat Shuvah. So it seems he, he was lamenting the fact that uh, Prague was a very big city, many different factions in Prague, and uh, he was lamenting the fact that things that he wanted to be fixed, people pasha weren't listening to him. He was misakin takonis, and um, he was mevatel things that he felt are incorrect. On the wall of the Altenay Shul in, in Prague, um, there are takanas there um, from the Maralmi Prague. And one of them, it says that there's a takana from the 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 um, the that says, Kam tikin av bezdin v'ram kilaseinu m'rein rabbi cheskel landoi sh'am ispalum b'yom neiroim that the chazanim who dav in yom neiroim lo yispalu in mishayrim cloud. There shouldn't be a choir. Seems it was a minig at the time. And again, this has to do, perhaps it has to do with Ascala, as we'll see, because the Ascala was bringing in uh, organs and choirs into the, into the shuls. And uh, we were in one of the shuls there in Prague, one of the old shuls. We were able to see the organ there upstairs. I think it might have been the first organ that was brought into a shul um, by the Ascala. It was played by a guy initially, but there was an organ. So this is something he fought against, and he wrote that, and he made a takana that you can't have um, a choir singing with, uh, and with the Chazin on Yomim Neroim. Um, <clears throat> he made takanas about Isurim, about what type of modes of dress, and the styles of dress. You can't dress like the Goyim. Um, he says you can't have big parties um, that are not parties of Sudas Mitzvah. And even a Sudas Mitzvah has to be Bitsnius. And he gave an exact amount, you know, takanas, like nowadays we think we make takanas for Chasanas and things like that. 
he made takanis for each type of simcha, a chasana, bar mitzvah, a bris, how many people could come, what could you serve, what could you do, and if anyone who did any extra had to pay a penalty to the kehila, he's very strict about the takanis that he made. His son writes also that he, his, his, he was very strong-hearted to be able to stand behechel sarim, in the palaces of the leaders, Levakish Rachamim Altsein Marisoi, and Hashem gave Chesed Chein Beinik Karayov. He found favor in the eyes of everyone who saw him, and Revach Yisrael, and he was able to achieve many different salvations for Klai Yisrael in the realms of in the halls of the government. Two years after he came to Prague in Tov Kuf Yud Zayin, sixteen fifty seven. So the, um, the seven-year war broke out between Austria and uh, France and Germany. And even though the, 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 uh, the leader of Austria was Maria Theresa, was, a, uh, was not the biggest lover of Jews. In fact, she was responsible for the expulsion from Prague in Tovkov Hay before the night the they got there. And even after they came back, she levied very high taxes on them. However, he felt he still have to daven Mishlei Mishal Malchus, and he was Masak in a tefillah that has to be said every morning and night in the shuls in Prague. And in a tshuva in Evan Ezer, Madura Tinyan Evan Ezer Peiches, later on he says, I'm sending you the Nusach HaTefillah that we established for Lishleim HaMalchus. And he also made a cheirim on anyone who helps the enemy. And he writes over there, the cheirim during the time of war in Tav Kuf Yud Zayin is still around. In other words, it's still in effect. And everyone has to make sure not to help out the enemy. And I saw a, uh, a copy of that cheirim, and it says at the top it was made with taking out the Sifrei Torah, they blew shoifer, they, they closed the lights, they put out the candles, it was dark. The mamun kol b'nei a very long cheirim, and any person who helps out the enemy. Um, <clears throat> in Tovkuf Yudzayin, during that war, his son writes that he was mishtatef with Tzoras Hatzibor. He had time to leave. It seems that they were closing up Prague, maybe under siege or something like that. It was being closed. The doors, you couldn't escape anymore. And he decided not to leave, even though many Rabbi Manichbadim, many of the Chashev rich people escaped with their families. He refused to leave the Aniyim. He refused to leave the city. And he would help them out with Staka for Parnassus Aniyoyir. There was, uh, was a time of hunger. There wasn't a lot of food during the time of the war. And there was also price gouging at the time, and he made sure to keep the prices down. Um, and his uh, dedication to the to the uh, to the queen and to the land, um, we find later on again in Tovkuf Chavches when uh, she became sick, uh, Maria Teresa, and he made a tefillah for her refuah that had to be said in the shuls. And when she actually recovered. So he actually made a, uh, a gathering of Halo Vahidah with him and his Bezdin to thank the Rabbanu Shalalim for her recovery. And she knew about this. So much so that in Tov Kuf Lamed Vav, when she took over, when she conquered Galicia, was under her rulership. So at that time she wanted to make a chief rabbi. Now Galicia was his hometown, so to speak. Prague is in, uh, in Moravia, so um, <clears throat> much more west. And this was his home area, and he thought about going. She wanted to make him the chief rabbi of the whole of the whole uh, country. But at the end, in, in Arachayim Lamed Vav, Madura Tinyana, he talks about that he's not sure if he should go, he shouldn't go. At the end, Lamaisi decided to stay, stay in Prague. 
Now in the years Tavkuf Chavav, Tavkuf Chavzayin, 1766-1767, he was involved in two very big machloiksim amongst Gedolim regarding a get. The first one was a get that was given Balkarcha, in other words, against the will of the woman, but it was given through a shliach, a proxy. And <clears throat> the Shiloh was, there's a cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom, or even though according to the Torah law, you could just throw a get at a lady and, and divorce her against her will, but there's a cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom. So this shliach was over on the cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom, and the question is, do we say, since he did something wrong, so therefore the shlichus does not uh, take effect, and therefore it's not as if the husband gave the get, the proxies, his shlichus is no longer in effect, or do we say no, even though it was balkarcha, but still shlichus. So he held that it was not a good get, since he was Ivan Takanis or Gershon, it uproots the entire shlichus, and therefore it's not a get. And in Madura Kama Evan Azar Ayin Hay is where he writes his tshuva there. And there's tshuvas for the next number of tshuvas back and forth with Gedolim. The first one is his Mechutin, who um, <coughs> Rabbi Tzola Hamburger um, was, was, was against him. And, um, and, uh, but the Neide Behuda passed the get. And it was back and forth, actually, on one of the tainas of his Mechutin. He writes, This taina of yours makes me laugh. It's so absurd. And he was very strong, and many other G'daylam as well, back and forth, he was very strong. That it's not a good get, even though many of the G'daylam held it was. That was the first uh, get story he was involved in. And the second one is the famous get from Cleve. We've talked about this get before. We talked about it by the, uh, when we talked about the Hafla, and other times as well, that um, the Chachme Hadar, um, said it was a good get. There was a question if the chassin was um, mentally stable when he gave the get. His father said he wasn't. The the, the rabbanim who did it said he was, and um, the the chachme hadar. Most gedolim said it was kosher in Frankfurt. The bezdin and Baroshim Rabbi Abish um, said it was puzzle, and the Naibihuda was very strong that it is a good get. And he stood up in front of a thousand people in Prague and he says, I'm going to say things, I'm going to say Barabbim publicly, that just like next year, we hope we are going to be Mutarim, Bashana Hazois, and this, or this year we should be free from our Gallus, just like this Isha is free from her husband, is Mutter to her husband. So he was very, very strong about it. And I think at that time, um, in one of the Shurim, maybe on the Afla, we, taught, we mentioned that the Naidu Behudav was very strong, that it was a, a Kasher Aget. He also fought a, a, in his life against two very important um, things that were cropping up in the world. One of them was the Shabsai Tzvi um, group that was making um, uh, inroads and that was cropping up again, even though it was oh, close to well, maybe a hundred or more years after Shabsai Tzvi. And then there was the group of the Maskilim, which also were making their inroads in Klai Yisrael. The Shabsai Tzvi people, they learned Kabbalah, and they would add in all these Tfilos and Tchinos and stuff. And even though there were Chashiva people who did the same type of thing, but Shabzai Tzvi, we mentioned this other times, wreaked havoc in Klai Yisrael, and they were very nervous, they were very nervous. We spoke about this with Rav Nosan Adler, we spoke about this by the Chassam Seifer, they were very nervous um, about anyone who was doing funny types of things, or I shouldn't say funny is the wrong word, different types of things for the time. And therefore he fought very much against them, 
he was a ch- he was very upset about changing Nusach Atvila from Ashkenaz to Svard. Very famous piece in Brachas Staf Yudam and Beis, where he writes, "Anyone who changes is poigim b'chvayd Rabbi Seinu Baliatosis v'harash. They are going against the covet, and they are a lack of covet to the Baliatosis and the Rush." Vasidin litenes hadin. It's well known in Shuva that he was very against the Shem Yichud, saying the Shem Yichud before a mitzvah. He was very against that, and um, he would say. These people, they don't know even the Aleph, the first of anything down here in this world. And they want to already be involved in tough in the end, in heaven, in Kabbalah, and, 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 and holy things like that. The Tshuva Me'ava writes that one, one person once wanted to, to, to uh, shake the Esrug of the Naida Behuda, his beautiful Esrug, and when he took the Esrug to shake it, he started saying the Yeratzen before that, the Lashay Michod, and the Naidibuddha got very angry and he took it away from him and he didn't let him make a bracha. Now the truth is, the Tshuva Me'ava writes, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Naidibuddha writes in numerous places, Ainli Asik bin Istaris. I don't know things about Kabbalah and things like that. But Lamaisa, the Tshuva Me'ava writes certain Hanhagas the Naidibuddha did privately Alpi Kabbalah. His son writes that, his, that the Naidibuddha's good friend, Reb Chaim Sanzer, now, not, this is not the famous Reb Chaim Haberstam, the Divrei Chaim of Sanz. This is a different Reb Chaim Sanzer who was in the Kloys in Brod. In fact, in your Mishnabura, many times they bring from the Hagoyis Reb Chaim Sanzer. Mishnabura brings it, the Sharsi and the Bir Alacha. That's not the Reb Chaim Sanzer, the Divrei Chaim. That's this Reb Chaim Sanzer, who was a friend of the Knight of Yehuda. And he writes that the Reb Chaim Sanzer said that the Naidib Yehuda was a Bucky in all of the Kisvi Arizal and all the Sifrei Kabbal of the time. So it wasn't that he didn't know it. However, he felt that there were people who didn't, who, 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 um, who weren't on the Madrega, and we spoke about this in the, by the Chavis Yor as well, that uh, were being Isaac and Historis, and he fought very much um, against it. When it came to the Maskilim, he of course fought against them, like we mentioned before, perhaps that's the reason he was against the choir. Um, he fought f- with fire um, against them. Mendelssohn's um, uh, commentary on 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 Chamishchom Sheitayra. He says anyone who reads that is they're not maminim loy b'ashem loy b'mayshe avdoi. Very strong against the maskilim um, as well. Um, in the year 1773, Tufkuf Lam there was a fire in Prague and burnt down his whole block except for his house and his uh, and his bismedrish. Um, however, since there was such, there was so much going on there, so anything that was left in his house either was stolen or was lost. It's interesting, like it was like open season since there was a fire. And uh, a lot of uh, valuables, um, silver, uh, silver utensils and silver kalim were stolen. And many kisvei akaydish, a lot of his writings were stolen or lost as well. And he, was, he, he felt very bad. He didn't care so much about the money, but many of his responsa that he had, chuvas that he had written, and chidushim and, and, and shas were stolen. So he says, it's time now for me to, to print a safer of what I have in order that other people should be able to get hana from it and it should have a, uh, it should be here Lidiris, it should be Lidiris, they should have my, 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 uh, my chidushim. So in the year Tafkuf Lamedvav, he printed his first safer, the safer of Noida Bihuda. And he spent a lot of money that it should be printed in the most beautiful way possible. And uh, he wasn't there to make money. He gave out the Svarim as Matanas. And even in the stores, he made a set price. No one could charge more. 
and he sent it out all over the place. And he called it Noida Yehuda after his father, who was named Yehuda. And Noida, the word Noida, if you go with the gematria of Misbar Katan, is 23, because Nun is 5, and, and Vav is 6, is 11, <coughs> and 4 is uh, 15, and um, Ayin is, is 7, so that's 22, plus you count the word as 1 is 23, and that's the gematria of his mother's name, Chaya. So he has his father's name and his mother's name. Now, his, it was so widespread, the Sefer, that many people sent him um, questions on his shuvas, and he answered back, he answered a lot of them, and that's the second volume, Madura Tinyan, it's called, the second volume that his son printed after the Night of was Nifter. Many of those um, questions and answers on original shuvas are printed in that chilek. After a number of years, he decided to print his Sefer on Shas, around Gemara Rashi Taisvis. And he called it Siyon Lenefesh Chaya. Since his first Sefer was named after his father, Naidib Yehuda, so he decided that this should be named after his mother, Tsiyon. It should be a Tsiyon. It should be a, a remembrance for his mother, the Tzadikis. Um <clears throat> So, just like the first Sefer, Yehuda was his father and his mother was the Gematria, so here, Siyon Lenefesh Chaya, his mother is Chaya. And for his father, the name Yehuda um, is um, Nirmaz in the in the letter Lamed. See in Lin Nefesh, um, Lin Nefesh Chaya, because Yehuda is Gematria thirty. Um, so that's the Lamed. And he there, it says the word Tzia in itself is Gematria 156, like his own name, Yechezkel. So in Tzia in Chai, he has his mother's name, Chaya, and then he has a remis to his father and a remis to himself. Um, in Madura Tinyana, Chayshemish Vav, um, Vav, he writes that, um, that um, I am uh, very busy with the printing of the Tzlach, he says, so the Rashi Tevis are tzlach, that's why it's called the tzlach. He says, all of my writings are not really arranged properly, they're not misudar, they're mefuzarim. And he says, not everything that I told the Talmidim at the time to sharpen them in the shurim is fitting to be printed. So therefore he says, I have a very, very big job here. And he says, I don't have the same strength I had when I was younger to work day and night. He says, now I can only work during the day. Anan, payali diyamama anan. It's a play on a Gemara. He says, now I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a day worker only. Not like the olden days when I was young, I was able to work um, day and night. He wanted to print on three Mesechtas. First, Psachim, Brachas, and Beya. But in the middle of, his, of, of, the, uh, of the preparation, Tavkov Memdalad, he got sick. And he didn't even finish Mesech Psachim properly. And he writes, the doctors dec- um, told me that I'm not allowed to look in anything that needs Iyun and Machshava. So Lemaise, his son, finished, print- finished preparation of Psachim. And in Tammuz of Tovkuf Memdalid, they printed the Tzlach HaMesech Psachim. That's his son, Reb Shmuel. Another son, Reb Yisrael, a younger son, in Tovkuf Nungimel, printed HaMesech um, Tabrachis. His father was very happy about that. And eventually, over time, after he was Nifter, um, many other Mesechtas were printed as well by his sons. In the year Tavkuf Nun, his wife was Nifter, and this had a very bad effect on his health. And three years later, Tavkuf Nun Gimel, after Pesach, he got very sick with terrible Yisurim. And, um, and even though he knew that his, um, 
even though he knew that he was um, that he was going to be nifter. However, his Talmud, Reb Lezer Flecklis, the Tshuva Mava says, So he didn't forget anything. He still was, was in his learning. He was still there. And on Yud Zayin Iyar, 1793, Tov Kuf Nun Gimel, at the age of 80, he was Nifter. And the next day on Lag Boimer was the Levaya, and he was, um, and he was buried in Prague. When they opened the Tzava, it says there, he says, Hareini Moiser Nafshi Lekaparas Kal Yisrael, Ambi Moiser Nefesh for the atonement of all of Kla Yisrael. And he says, I shouldn't be called a tzaddik or a chassid. You could just say that I was Marbit's Torah from my youth. And he made, and he said, there should be no oil, no building put over his kever. There should be one small matzeva. It shouldn't cost more than 18 co- golden coins, whatever that was. I guess it was a small amount. And uh, that's and he wrote the nusach of what should be said on the matzeva. It's interesting. I was there in Prague. His wife's matzeva, which um, he must have been involved in, he was still alive, is a very big, um, beautiful, and 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 uh, and fancy matzeva with a lot of writing on it and designs on it. Beautiful matzeva. That was for his rebbitzin, but for him, a small little matzeva um, of 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 uh, a very cheap matzeva. And so that's what they did. And uh, they put up that matzeva with the nusach on it. Um, the tshuvas emek sheila, the nitziv writes in a tshuva, Yardea Simen Zadizai, and he writes, Shamati Bivorer, I heard clearly that the Nazi Behuda himself came to his son after he was nifter, and it seems that the Nazi Behuda lost the tooth that was in his oitzer asvarim, was in his library, and was put away there. And he wanted it to be buried. The Tshuva was talking about, I guess, burying different things. And he says, the Nebuchadnezzar came to his son, and he told him that that tooth that is in his Eitzhah Asfarim, make sure to put it in the kever. And it says, And he was able to find it in a wondrous way. I don't know exactly how that is, but I guess finding a tooth among Sfarim is not an easy thing. And he was able to find it to see the Nebuchadnezzar wanted it buried. Now, when you go to Prague, you'll see that there's more than one matzeva by the Neid Behuda. By his kever, by his head, is the small matzeva that he commanded, that he said to write with that nusuch, a small matzeva. Um, during the year after his petira, the Chavra Kadisha put up another matzeva by his feet. And on that matzeva, is a little bigger, but basically what it says there is that don't think that we didn't want to put up a big matzeva for the Neid Behuda. We are following his instructions that he said we shouldn't have a big matzeva with a lot of flowery um, praises about it. So that's what the Chavra put up, that nobody should look at the matzeva by his head and say, what kind of chutzpah, that's the matzeva that the Rav gets. After 20 years in Tav Kufay and Gimel, the, um, the, the Chavra put up on the two sides of him two small little stones. So when you look at it, it looks like he's surrounded by matzevas. The small one by his head, a bigger one by his feet, which says, you know, the excuse of why there's no, not a bigger matzeva, and two little small ones next to him, and they wrote on it, so that Rabbeinu should be able to lie peacefully without any uh, any, any anyone, um, you know, bothering the kever, because you should see clearly where the four sides of the kever was. And uh, after a hundred years, in uh, Yud Zayinir, Tuf Reish Nun Gimel, the Chavra Kedisha, went and took those two side stones again, and they made them, um, they, 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 they redid them, and they wrote on them that we were here on the hundredth yard site, and we davened here, so it was a maskeris for that. 
And like I mentioned, on the 200th yard site, Mr. Weiss, who's an Anacol, had gone over a number, number of years, had dug up, and, and the, the whole Beis the whole, uh, was in disarray, finding all the different matzevas of the Neide Behuda, of his wife, of his sons and daughter-in-laws and daughters, um, um, and he restored them all, and on the 200th yard site, they had a big gathering there as well, um, for the restoration of all those matzevas, and that's how it is today um, in, in Prague, and uh, like we said, this Thursday, Yud Zayin Iyar will be his 228th yard site, Schusa Yagen Eleinu Valkal Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Kaltov.